0: Hey, Joshua. Hey, Adam. Uh, We have news. It's old news, but it's going to be new news for some people. (laughs) I love how we I love how you start. Okay, it's old. It's new, new news. Okay. yes. So we haven't really told people, but Joshua and I have been teaching now um, a body of writing class and involves physical movement, creative expression and some amazing writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the classes are now open. So for folks who have wanted to come spend some time with us and study, that's now a possibility.
1: Isn't that exciting? And it's over Zoom, so that makes it available to like anyone in the world.
0: Yes, we currently have a student in New Zealand. Hi Heidi, and uh, it's been great. It's just this is our way of making everything accessible, and we're also teaching uh, a monthly class that is free, just so people can get a flavor of that, and they can always check that out by staying tuned to our Facebook and Instagram accounts. Notes on your notes.
1: Yeah, it's usually like the first, um, the first Sunday of the of the month or thereabouts. And, uh, yeah, it's a great way to sample what it is that we do and see how it resonates.
0: Check it out. Email us, notes on your notes at Gmail, if you're interested in coming and doing some studying with us and some writing. Come create. Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station.
1: Hey, Adam. It's time for Notes on Your Notes.
0: I'm Adam Lesser. I'm Joshua Townsend. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process. And storytelling. And storytelling. We rolled that out, amazing, yet (laughs) again. Uh, The only thing you need to know about today is that we have a special guest. And, and, And a very, actually it's a returning
1: special guest. That is how special she is. Yes. I don't think we. I, this is the first time we've had someone back for for uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than the Hannah Chronicles, which was a different thing, this is the first time. So she must be super special.
0: She must be numero uno. Yeah. Creativity. We bring uh, you. Yes. Wonderful, Anne Randolph.
2: Yeah. <sighs> Am I allowed to talk now? Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: Hello. Hi, Anne. Welcome.
2: Hi, Adam. Hi, Joshua. Thank you for the. That- be a special person and return a second time.
0: Super second special. time. Yeah, uber special. You are joining us from where in the world?
2: In Kauai.
0: Our friend in Hawaii.
2: Paradise. That's it's right. paradise.
0: That's right. There's only creativity, no corona in Kauai. Just Correct. endless.
2: Zero. That's
0: right. Just get on that plane and go to Kauai.
2: No, do not get on the plane and go to Kauai. <laughs> it, is, it is just the beautiful beaches just for us locals right now. Yeah. Yes. Stay
0: out. Stay there's out.
2: Only seven ICU beds, Adam, so they don't want anybody here.
0: They don't want anyone. Well, okay, fine. i <laughs> hide my rejection um, inside. Bury it into my creativity. Uh, there's a lot been going on for you, Anne, in the last few months. Yes. The... The major, major, major thing that we've all known is that you have finally launched the Happy Cock Church.
2: Yay. Yes. Yay. And I'm in love with it. I'm in love with the church.
0: In love with that. So for those of our listeners who maybe have not yet attended a service or are aware of it, uh, do you want to tell them what it's about?
2: Yes. Happy Cock Church is where we minister to one another through the sharing of stories, both reverent and irreverent. It is non-religious and the idea came to me maybe two and a half years ago because living in Kauai every morning i wake up to a big cock it is outside my window it's cock doing it and always made me um think of the Rumi poem the night has secrets the dawn has secrets to tell you do not go back to sleep and i felt like in those early morning hours i get this idea to do this church because I could feel every time I led writing workshops and that it was really this very beautiful, sacred, sacred sharing that there was so much love and so much opening and so much connectedness. And it felt like church. Mm -hmm. And people are triggered by the word church and they're triggered by the word cock and they're triggered by the word happy. And I thought, ah, well, this is good because some people are triggered by Bernie Sanders. Somebody just hearing Trump or Sanders, people get triggered. And when people, are triggered, they stop listening. And I really felt like if we can learn to listen to people that are of different beliefs and values than us, then what a beautiful, beautiful world we would be living in. And also permission, as artists, we want permission. So I wanted to give the most wild permission to everybody to speak whatever was on their mind and Habakkuk Church, putting that title, having that name, I thought that would give people wild permission. And it is.
1: Yeah. So so it's your mission to give people permission?
2: Oh Joshua, I love it. It's my mission to give permission. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Whoa, yes.
1: madman. Look at Whoa, this. Per, and, and I'm gonna emphasize permission. Per
2: permission. Per per oh, I love the way you think. Yes. So are
1: you are, so do we need to call you Reverend Ann or irreverent Ann
2: now? That's a good oh. question, Joshua. I'm oh a little bit both.
1: <laughs> so you're you're self-ordained. Is that how this I'm works? I'm
2: self-ordained. I made myself pastor, but I'm just not the minister, Joshua. You're the minister. Everybody that comes to Happy Cock is uh-huh. a minister, right? There's no hierarchy.
0: Oh, uh, this looks like a horizontal organization.
2: Yes, it is. With the cock at the top.
0: There you <laughs> go. Boom. Yeah. So there's the minister, there's the minister's
1: uh wife or the minister's husband. Yeah, nice.
0: Yeah. Very nice. Uh, and you have had this idea for a period you have talked about it um what what changed for you that now you felt ready to do it
2: it i had such fear in in doing it because i number one i i i I think to say that you're starting a church called Happy Cock, like I was so scared that it would offend people. And yet I've offended people in other shows. And
1: (laughs) um, not a problem, just keep Not
2: a problem. (laughs) But (laughs) but even I think, you know, that fear too, that I was, I live in Kauai and I rent the parsonage. I live in a pastor's house, not with a pastor, but I have a very good relationship with the traditional church here. And I felt scared that if they found out I was doing this altar church called Happy Cock Church that they would um, get, you know, maybe not welcome me, Or which is ludicrous because they now know it. I finally came out of the closet and they love it and they embrace it. But at the time, it, you know, if you're dealing with traditional religious, you know, there's fear. And then when the virus hit and I saw so many people in that isolation, that loneliness, this this deep need to connect in with one another and hear one another, I just said I have to do it. Like it said, like I just worked around the clock. Like it has to come out now. It just like I could not not do it. It took hold of me. Like get you're going through this fear, no matter what, and you're going to do it. Who cares? Let the chips fall. May where are they where are they may whatever that phrase is, and you're just going to do it. I had to. I was unstoppable. Before the fear had me, and then this happened, and like, no, you gotta let go of all that fear and go forward.
0: It was so like, scary,
2: so scary to put that on Facebook and invite people. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose! And plus, I have audience, I have students, I have thousands of people, and they're like, well, well all I'm, I was great fear that I would also lose a following, which is ridiculous, you know. And I'm sure I did lose some people, but I had to do it. So it's fear, ego, all that crap.
0: Everything takes risk.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: So the, the risk, the risk of the coronavirus, or the imminent death, or however you want to say that, or potential death, uh, is is what gave the freedom. I mean, I mean, like like in terms of like the internal process. What, what gave you that? Ah, what gave you the permission? What, what?
2: It was like Joshua. I was like a mess, like emotional mess. In holding it in, like if I was so conflicted internally, so that emotional turmoil of knowing I have something that that could help, knowing this was my calling, uh, this is what I was to do, and yet I wasn't doing it, so the internal conflict was wreaking havoc with me.
1: So, in in, in a sense, you were, in a sense, what I'm hearing you say is that is that is that people needed you now more than ever, and you had something to offer, and you not sharing it that withhold was bothering you to such a high degree now that this other event came in the, the coronavirus came in it was like you couldn't you couldn't keep your resistance anymore correct wow
2: that's why i love being on your show because you guys can synthesize and see <laughs> the sound bite of exactly what it is that i can't articulate
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that's interesting
0: yeah that's really you don't need to talk and okay thanks but your presence is
1: amazing so
0: um yeah. I wanted to return to something we were talking about earlier which is like you have like a long history of having amazing relationships with students and supporting other people's creativity and the church is interesting because now you're inviting people to come and you know have a great community have a relationship with story and their creativity. Was there was there an aspect of this where you felt like you wanted more or something different than teaching students in their writing and movement practice and you wanted to bring it into sort of their spiritual ministering or sort of like that kind of elicit that kind of experience for someone
2: yes i think i wanted to offer up that there was something deeper a deeper wisdom you could uh, a divine god whatever you want to call it creator yeah (laughs) And I felt in teaching workshops that I would always censor myself in that area. I I would censor myself because I felt, you know, I've got all all sorts of people out there and I didn't want to bring that up. And yet I felt I was always doing a disservice because I knew it could be so incredibly... um, a guide for people, a beautiful guide and a beautiful surrendering to something that is the divine, whatever you would, the creator, the muse. And I knew that in my own life, I've had this relationship ever since I was a child, but I didn't want to put any religiosity around it. Yet I also felt I was taming myself or censoring myself. It's funny, I'll I'll be doing sexual things out the wazoo, but I would censor myself around talking about the divine.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of charge around words like God.
2: Yeah. And I'm charged by the word God. I mean, I don't like the word God. I tend to be, that's terrible to say that, <laughs> but it, yeah, you hear these words and it's like, eh, but I know that I feel this deep connection or you could say spirit to creativity to something other. I know that when I write a piece, and this has been my whole life that it writes through me. It's not, me writing it and uh stephen presfield talks about that in the war of art that it's his muse and and i talked about this at Happy Cock church last week that you're like this vessel it's coming through you and where is that coming from if not yeah something greater
0: yeah um, you know you're you're a, a vessel a facilitator your job as an artist is to just be open to what comes
2: yeah it, it's it's not me creating. It is me. I'm in a relationship. I'm in a co-creation relationship, co-creating together with this. Right. Yes.
0: Oh. Um, one of the things we've talked about is this synchronicity of your life in Kauai, being living in a pastor's house, people, <laughs> your involvement with the church in Kauai, a wonderful church, and. The naming that happens in terms of people saying, "And you have this ability to speak to people; um, you are, in a sense, a pastor." Um, how did that affect you? I'm just curious in terms of your the way you felt about your own identity or, or your purpose in the world.
2: Well, there's so much synchronistic th- events that happened upon coming to Quarry of. And I'm just going to, I don't know if I'm going to get to that question right away. Adam. don't, but I'm going to go back is when I first landed here nine years ago. I haven't lived here nine years, but I first came here nine years ago and I did a show and I did a workshop, but before I did the show, I'm like, where do you do a show in Kauai? I had no idea. There's no theaters really. And everybody kept saying, you rent the church of the Pacific in Princeville. I'm like a church, you know, my shows are rated R, <laughs> And I go there and I meet with the church secretary and I say, I got to rate a show, rated our show here. And, and um, I, I, that's how I like, I, I, I meet with her and I tell her I'm going to do this show. And then I'm nervous about it, doing it in a church because it's rated R and she says, you can do whatever you want. Just remove the crucifix. So that immense freedom to do whatever at this church was extraordinary. And then I didn't have a place to live. I was going to stay two extra weeks because I was going to do the show and I said, Where, do you know how many places live? And she says, you can live in the, this like little youth minister's cottage on the property. You can rent it for two weeks. And so I, this is great. I move into the youth minister's cottage. And when I'm in there, I'm rehearsing. And the way I like to rehearse is to go full costume. And I had put a video camera in the bushes and I chained myself up to the front yard of this youth minister's cottage. I thought the pastor had gone out of, you know, down the road. And he lived maybe a hundred feet from me in the pastor's house. So I'm rehearsing in a bra and underpants with a chain around my neck with a video camera on me saying, you left me tied up in a yard. And he comes around this pastor who I thought had gone and he sees me and I think I'm going to be kicked off the property. He'd never met me. And he just looks me in the eyes and he says, we welcome all kinds. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that was such a beautiful beautiful thing and I thought this has never happened before to me where somebody just welcomes this insanity doesn't even ask any questions and then jump cut to three years ago I wanted to get off the road I was touring so much as you know my creativity was suffering from being on the road and I wanted to live in Kauai I didn't know how I could ever live in Kauai it's like million dollar properties anything and then I came back to the church to lead a workshop and and if you know anything about Kauai and Church Pacific, you can, you can rent, rent workshops, you can do performances here. Michael Fronte performs here. All kind of people come through this church to perform. So anyway, I'm, I, I rented the church to do a retreat. And I'm talking with the church secretary again. And I say, I'm so tired of being on the road. And she goes, well, you know, the new pastor, we have a new pastor. He's got his own place down the road. He's a tarot farmer. And the pastor's house is empty. You could rent the pastor's house. I'm like, what? I'm not a pastor. I don't, I don't even belong to this church. She goes well. The new pastor likes to go to Vegas and gamble every now and then. And we know that you can speak, Ann. Maybe we could give you a discount on rent, you know, in, in exchange for you doing the, the the sermon when the pastor goes to Vegas. So that's uh, that's what I did. So I moved into this four bedroom house overlooking the ocean, gorgeous piece of property. I joined the church. I started, and the first time this was huge. I gave a sermon. This this is the pastor's in Vegas. I give a sermon on waiting. I had to tie it into some Bible scripture. I remember doing it on Tinder, waiting, you know, we're not a culture likes to wait, look at Tinder. And I'm looking out at maybe seven people in the um, congregation, very small congregation. I don't think they even know what Tinder is, but <laughs> I'm having the time of my life up there. And I can feel like that, divi- like words are coming through me. I don't know where it's coming from. It feels so right. It felt so right. And I knew I have to do this. It felt right. Because to me, ministry was like, I can do a solo show. I can teach. I can inspire. You can do it all. It was like a combination of everything that I love to do, which is performance, storytelling, inspiration, and interaction all in one.
0: Full integration of all aspects.
2: Full integration. integration.
1: And and it's still, instead of a ticket booth, you just have a, a, a collection plate.
2: That's it, Joshua, exactly. Easy. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And you have a captive audience every single week.
1: Oh, that's true, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, you you're
0: not standing them. on street corners handing out flyers.
2: No. But I loved, I loved it. I loved it. Oh.
0: You know, you're talking about something that I think a lot of people wonder about, which is that when life, it seems like life and there are forces that are Easy that are handing you opportunities, and some might call them signs in terms of your life direction. And I'm just curious: Do you believe that, Anne? Do you believe that, like you, that this, that in some way, this was destiny or fate, and that these, because other things I'm sure in your life were not as easy. You were probably trying to bang down doors to do things in New York City. That was a lot harder.
2: Yes, Adam, you're on it. I hope that little story illustrated all the signs along the way. Um, I mean, every door opened right away. I think Ralph Waldo Emerson talks about that on the obstruction. Only one channel doesn't flow very freely, where you're not hitting things right and left, hitting blocks, block, blocks. This everything opened up freely. And the pastor who goes to Vegas, he's a wonderful pastor. And look, he only goes to Vegas maybe twice a year. <laughs> but he right away said, "And I see a new minister. People started seeing these things that I did not see myself." So. Hmm that was big and then i joined this church and look i didn't want to join the church i i believe in kundalini yoga and buddhism and i'm not i you know i'm all over eclectic and here's a traditional christian church and but i went because i thought well i'll get to know people that, you know was the, i'm on the property and then i fell in love with everybody and i fell in love i just saw the universal You know if they did anything on christ or jesus i just saw how that was exactly what the other religions were saying they're all saying the same thing love one another listen with love they're all saying the same thing
1: it it also tracks back to the very beginning of your of your voyage um you know in entertainment right because as a child you would go to church camp and you would lead workshops and i mean there i mean it's yes it was it was for if we're looking at this in terms of a story this was foreshadowed when you were as a child it was Joshua. That's it is finally it. coming full
2: circle because yeah. as a child, what was it? I
1: yeah. was
2: definitely in the woods communing with nature as a nature nut and I was also class clown, right?
1: So all the hints are there if we can just take our time and reflect and see them and connect the dots, the patterns, the tendencies.
2: It's only taking forever.
1: <laughs> patience. Patience patience is a virtue. <laughs> I don't want that virtue. What was your what was your nickname growing up? What
2: was my nickname growing up? Annie Fanny from Cincinnati.
1: <laughs> That's fun. Any other nicknames? I'm just wondering if there's like 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 preacher Annie. I don't know. I'm wondering if there's any other like little No, yeah,
2: because I wasn't a preacher. I was wild. I was out of control, Josh. I was class clown. I was like in the
1: you were going to churches and you were like you were doing summer camps with church organizations
2: so yes i was but i went so i could run in the woods and win the church talent show Oh, you
1: were. <laughs> I see.
2: doing something very irreverent no but i know early on leading those church groups and retreats i loved leading retreats because i loved i love creating experiences for people like like I wanted to create like mountaintop experiences. I could feel that early on in ninth grade creating retreats, like what's going to do it? What's going to help people open up? Or can we have this nature? And then can we have this irreverent rated R challenge show? And so that was always happening, those elements.
0: Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting to me because I think about people's sort of development to becoming good at what they're at. and. You know, I think, well, there's one school of thought that you just keep like pounding the hours, but then I hear other stories that it's just like, no, that's what that person was thinking about at a very young age. Yeah. You know, not really in an effortful way, in a way that was like interesting and exciting and engaging for them, you know, like you're teaching from what you're telling me, whether it's your teaching or happy cop, this stuff started for you very young.
2: Yes. I knew I wanted to, my earliest dream was a summer camp. A summer camp. Ah. A summer camp, but that had to have a performance element where I would be the star of this variety show. And <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that,
1: that you would win, and that
2: you that would- I would win the variety show, yes. Win the variety show.
0: <laughs> and there would be a giant swimming pool in the shape of my face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, uh, if you're a kid, your best times will know those horrific camp stories, for sure. But going away and being out in nature and having this all-encompassing nature, and then we write, and then we do reflection, and then we have these, you know, you make out with the boys in the woods. I mean, it can't get any better. Oh.
1: Yeah. Did you want to tell us about something else, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> Was there something else missing from this last story?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Happy cock church. My Joshua with a cock. Happy cock. Hello. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. We may clarify for some listeners who are not aware of what kawaii looks like, but there are about a million angry screaming uh, roosters um, that uh, are kawaiiing throughout the day.
2: Yes, they are. Starting very early. I don't see them as angry, Addo. I
0: know you I, don't.
2: I don't. they don't. I've had people say they take a BB gun and try to scare it. I don't, I don't, they don't bother me at all. I don't know why. What's the,
1: what's the story on that? Because it's not natural, it was some white, some probably yeah. some did some something, you know, out of nature and created this.
2: No, 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 it was Hurricane Iniki in 1992. So all those roosters were in a coop, in a chicken coop. The hurricane came and they blew the coop. It just, everything blew off. And so all those chickens and roosters they flew the coop.
0: They flew the coop and then they reproduced yeah. at scale. <laughs> Let's just say that exponentially. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually quite phenomenal how, uh, how pervasive it is. Um, I don't think of them all as angry. I think there was an aspect of it where uh, it's co- somewhat comical at times. At other times, I found it loud. <laughs> but it did not. Deme- it is part of what makes Kawhi very unique
2: yeah yeah I don't, yes I'm surprised they're not cockadoodle doing right now because they normally are at this hour, well, all hours they never shut up, you're right,
0: yeah well, they go to bed, yeah now do you, i
1: now i have I've seen sections of the weekly show, and uh one of the parts that I wanted to ask if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners and is the um what would you call them the tenants or the the-
2: Happy Cock Church Blessings.
1: Yeah, the blessings, that's it, yeah. Can, can okay. you, you mind sharing those with our with our folks?
2: Not at all. And I just have to say, even before the blessings, Joshua, I always say I welcome everybody that we minister to each other through our stories, whether you're coming with an uplifting story or a story of shame, like maybe you've been masturbating to internet porn 40 hours a week. Not that anything's wrong with masturbating, but if it gets in the way of your daily life, then maybe it is. So you can always uh, include stories of shame or fear or love. And then the blessings are, may I welcome today with a spirit of wonder. May I have the courage to speak my truth. May I honor my story and my voice, knowing my story and my voice matter. May I listen with kindness to another's truth even though it may be different than my truth. May I welcome all feelings. To feel is to heal. May I welcome uncertainty, not knowing what words will want to be written or spoken next. May I trust the deeper wisdom within me and call upon this wisdom for guidance. May I recognize my humanity in another, and may I let love rule the roost.
0: Very, very I love inspiring. I love,
1: that I love the ending one. Yeah, Joshua.
0: Yeah, sure. I love ruler roost.
1: Did you write
2: that? Yes, I did.
0: Wow, I love it. You like it very much. so authentic. Yeah, really. We write our own prayers at church.
2: Yes.
1: You include so much in it. You include about like listening with kindness and honoring your own voice and feeling the feelings and allowing anything that you want to come up and out, to, to come up and out, you know, a lot of allowing. Wow. Curiosity, one yeah. nature, all of it. You, you got it all.
2: The best has been the listening because, you know, people are eager to share their writing, but it, can you teach people to listen and how, how can I use listening? And I don't know, Joshua, you walk, work with this a lot, which is how do I listen and can I be a better listener? And the feedback I've been getting is that, they're realizing it's as much about listening and how they listen, which allows for them to have a perspective shift than just, well, I can't wait till it's my story. Right. So (laughs) it's a really that's a big part of the teaching is the listening
1: part. It's listening is huge. It's everything. Yeah, it's huge. And and as you know, I, I do a thing called full body listening. Um but yeah, it's like and it's, sometimes I hear this, I hear this, which is really interesting to me, which people tell me that they really are into listening. And then they tell me about how angry and frustrated they are when people keep talking and, you know, and they're not listening. And I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. I hope they see the irony in what they're sharing right now. Yeah. Like, but like real listening. And it's, it's actually like a little bit, I feel like in the beginning, it's a little bit of a shift, like, you know, as like, 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 I feel like there's a shift that, ha- that needs to occur on the inside in order for that deeper listening to happen.
2: Yes. What do you suggest, Joshua? Like, What would be your number one thing when they go to, like I don't call them breakout rooms, I call them the praise rooms, but what would you suggest would be the easiest way for them to tap into full-body listening?
1: <sighs> it's, a, it's a really, I, I, I wish I had an answer for us right now because now I'm, I'm grappling with that question in real time. Um, one thing is, is when people use words like active listening and other words like that, I tend to feel like that too is like an added on technique as Mm -hmm. opposed to an emptying. And I feel like full body listening that would go counter to what we do as a culture. I feel like in the beginning, at least looks more like a shedding process as to putting on a technique process. Okay. So how can I be empty? How can I be present? Mm-hmm. And, still, and still keep myself as a reference point, like not to like go out. Like sometimes people like go away and then that's not listening either.
2: Right. Or they go, what I see is the person starts to read and they have a judgment right away. So become aware of the judgment. You're already making judgment. You're already thinking, like watch that thought process as you're listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Positive, positive or negative, any judgment. Yeah. Allowing, yeah. actually. It's, it's, it's in your, it's in your uh, happy cock uh, blessing that you just talked about. Allowing. I, I guess that's it. That's, that's, the, that's the phrase I would say. The, the easiest thing to work with in terms of a one idea thing that could help is going into a state of allowing. How, how does that feel to you?
2: I like that, Joshua. I always use the word welcoming. Allowing. Welcoming. Yeah.
0: And there's an element also of being non-judgmentally curious about another human being. So if we're genuinely curious, we're not worried about our agenda, our judgment, what I can get out of it, what my response is gonna be. If we're just generally there to say, what is it possible for me to be curious and to understand the person in front of me today in this moment in a new way at some deeper level just even posing that question, I think sometimes allows you to listen in a, from a different place.
1: Yeah,
2: it's beautiful. It is yeah, that's, that's really
1: good. Yeah. Yes. Dropping, dropping agenda. I mean, I, I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to say even dropping the idea that I have that I have to understand. Yes. You know what I mean? Because like, if I'm if I'm pulling for trying to understand, then there's there's still that effort.
2: That's a good one, Joshua, because I see people go through that too. I didn't, I'm trying to track, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and and at the same time, I also hear you, Adam, about the thing about wanting, like the desire, the curiosity, or the the intention to, to know the other person more is the driver on that, right? So in that.
0: Yeah, I think what I access sometimes I would say in myself is that when the intention is really from a good place, from a pure place of, of wanting to Um, I don't mean understand in the sense of figure out or anything like that more in a sense of um, what is possible for me today in terms of making this person like feel heard and understood and is it possible for me to open in some way
1: Hmm.
0: even if because that allows you to hear first of all point of views that are different from your own
1: Hmm.
0: um, in a way in which you're curious and it comes from a place, actually, of, I think, ultimately compassion. Here's another human being having their experience in the world. I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to just listen in a way that seeks to hear them.
2: Yes. And wow. that that compassion, and I also say sometimes bring your attention to your heart and imagine your heart is listening, not the, like, an open-hearted listening. Yeah. Because the mind will immediately want to go into
0: judge analyze yeah joshua speaks really beautifully about that because he talks about full body listening
2: yeah
1: Mm -hmm. what i was just fluctuating between just as you guys were talking was listening to both of you intently and at the same time listening to myself intently and so it became like this multi-leveled listening experience cool and that was a really interesting experience just now because I, I'm still I'm still in the room I'm still present because I I know people that listen but they go into this altered state where I don't feel like they're really listening. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're they're so allowing that there's no one home, and that's not it either. It's very it's a very interesting mix. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I'm listening. I feel like
0: they, they sort of almost they're not there. Like they try to empty themselves out. So there's an aspect of themselves that's not really present.
1: Mm-hmm. It's almost an affect yeah. until the hour's over. Just kidding.
2: What <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> a
1: Um I, I feel like we've been talking around Happy Cock Church for a while. I think it's time
0: to give our listeners a
1: little taste.
0: Happy Cock, are you ready, guys? Okay, listeners. Here we have a di- direct excerpt from Happy Cock. Now, when was
1: this? When was this uh, done? Uh,
2: Probably well, this past weekend, Joshua.
1: Oh, this past weekend. Okay, great. Yeah.
2: I'm gonna guess. I might have talked about this already, though. As I'm thinking about it, that's
1: well, okay. Let's find out.
2: You shall next hear it. This is another thing that Emerson says. When you shall next hear it, give me the tune. And he says, when ye shall next give me the tune. So he's not saying to the sacred woods or the divine, if you give me the tune, he's saying when you give me the tune. And that's a big difference, if and when. He's saying when. So he has an expectant receptivity to the divine. And I don't know about you, but I struggle with this because I like to think it's me. It's up to me, especially around the creative process. And I want it now. Like I have a vision of how my creativity or how my solo show should be, and I want it now, and I'm impatient. And what Emerson is saying, have this waiting with a divine receptivity of a hopefulness. And if we can be in that place of hope and faith and trust that it will arrive, it does arrive without that grasping and striving. I'm thinking about the time that I wrote Squeezebox, and I had been working on it a year, and I was almost finished with it. And so I booked a theater, and I invited an audience to come. And a week before they were to come, the show had not, the final ending had not arrived yet. And the next night, it hadn't arrived yet. And the next night, the ending had not arrived yet. And I got a full house coming. So I'm saying to divine God, all of it, come on, give it to me now. And I'm grasping, and I'm striving, and I want it so bad. And it's not coming. (laughs) And then the night before, I was at the Novel Cafe in Santa Monica, and it must have been 2 a.m. in the morning, one of the few places that's open all night. And I'm like, I had the show the next day. I'm like, it's not gonna come. I give up, I just give up. And I went down and I got a coconut macaroon, opened up the National Geographic, and I just surrendered. It's like, okay, I'm gonna go out there tomorrow night. I'm not gonna have my ending. I'll just cobble something together. I just let go. And when I let go, what happened was that ending came right there at the Novel Cafe. So that's a key to me to being receptive is dropping the agenda and being in that state of relaxation. That's huge.
1: Wow. There is so there is so much here. It's insane.
0: And Randolph, everyone. Wow. Where to begin? Wow, there's so many nuggets there. Gold.
2: Like the coconut macaroon, Joshua?
0: Yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking was, of, course,
1: of course there's yeah. a there's involved. Of course, and you live in Hawaii. There's signs everywhere.
0: <laughs> I kept thinking, I just kept thinking about the Novel Cafe in Santa Monica and Anne Randolph being there late at night. And,
1: yeah. and they are not a sponsor of this show, by the way.
0: They're not a sponsor of the show. I've been in that Novel Cafe in Santa Monica when there's been um, someone who had brought in an actual typewriter. Um, yeah. And... Um, I don't know if you know about typewriters, but uh, they're pretty loud. And, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and we were all writing. Everyone's there and writing, and it was like... <sighs> Anyways, Virginia Woolf needed a latte, apparently. But uh,
2: <laughs> I love that. But, yeah, it's a place people are loud. They're scratching their stuff out. They're talking. It's like, uh, yes.
0: Uh, let's go back uh, to what you just said, and, and this is from a, obviously one of, you, one of the church services, I do think that there's an element in the creative process, particularly in certain places where people are wanting something, either the completion of a screenplay, the film, a novel, and uh, they they lose faith in a sense. Yeah. And what was interesting about what you're saying and what you're drawing from the Emerson and and in this service, you had discussed this passage from Emerson, who I know is, is meant a lot to you. Um, and it has to to do with, with faith that the, that the creativity and that will come through you. Yes. And I'm just wondering for you, like how that's played out in your life and how you, was that a maturing process coming to, to really trust that.
2: I am still work on that, Adam, learning to trust that. Um, But it gets better and better all the time when I let go and I surrender, it comes. Um, Working with Joshua on Loveland, getting the, you kind of just like pounded that into me, relaxation, Joshua. Um, Being able to find and discover in the moment if I'm going towards the outcome during the rehearsal process, over and over again, not good, so. Mm -hmm. And I see this now with Happy Cock Church in November coming here for three months. I'm going to knock it out. I'm going to launch Happy Cock Church before Christmas. And I had fear. But the other thing was I, I could see my my whole being wanting to sift and still read and still take notes and not push. So that was a huge, huge shift in normally how I would execute. I, did not, I didn't come down on myself in the way that I normally would. That was brand new to me, actually. To sit in that place of surrender and to let more things come to me. And they did. Oh my God, they did.
1: Nice. So when Anne was just talking right now, she was actually using her whole hands in a very sort of like baby fingers, sort of slight articulation, slight slash piano, which is very telling in terms of uh, uh, being more nuanced and more subtle in the approach. So I just wanted to share that uh, visually. Um, And one of the things that spoke to me so much in your beautiful passage that you shared with us from the church, Catholic Church, is the delineation between if and when. Yeah. And from, yes, mental and physical relaxation is at the heart of all of this. If you're not mentally and physically relaxed, it's really hard to be in the room, show up, do your best work, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Bill Murray and a bunch of other actors and writers have talked about the importance of that um, but something that you can do for yourself today which is to change the mindset from if to when because if I have the point of view that if it comes through I'm I'm, I'm in bed with scarcity I'm in bed with doubt I'm in bed with a barter system hmm right and it's speculative if, yeah. I, if I go into the point of view of when now it's a, now I'm entering into the room of patience, allowing, trust. So that's a beautiful thing to, to bring in. Just, just, just those, those, that option point right there is just beautiful.
2: Yeah. And I loved imagining Emerson sitting down at his desk and he just had that. He was, he was waiting and he had faith in that waiting. That's huge.
0: And I think to what you just said, what's so important is he sat down at the desk. Yeah, and made himself available. And I think that's part of your job as a creative person is to um, have the trust to continue to show up again and again when it doesn't always look the way you want it to look. It does, you don't always, it doesn't, it's not complete perhaps in the way that you have one has hoped or what the vision one has. And it's the trust that you will eventually get there. If yes. you keep working on your craft, if you keep listening um, to that creativity inside you. You keep listening to other people if you find support you know it's it's that sort of multi-dynamic willingness to show up
2: yeah and i i go back to that other emerson phrase i use all the time there's guidance for each of us and by lowly listening we shall hear the right words so lowly listening listening yeah. with humility is listening like it's diminishing the ego <laughs>
1: So, so lowly in that sense would be, I could use the word deepening, like a deep listening as low, low as, as like deep as opposed to, you know. the other thing about listening that we're talking about now is I'm, I'm tapping into this energy of listening to such a degree that there is no other in the sense of that. When I listen, I listen, I listen with the intentionality of the other.
2: Mm.
1: And since there is no other, it's, it's, it's everything.
2: That's beautiful, Joshua. (laughs) It is.
1: Yeah, that was... It is beautiful. Yeah, so it's like full 360 listening, yeah. Or lowly. Or lowly. Patience. Tell me about patience, Anne, and the Happy Cock Church. I I
2: was like, you teach what you need to learn, Joshua.
0: (laughs) I love that, Anne.
2: (laughs) I learned I need to teach patience. It's a continual continue learning even in and what was beautiful about happy cock so maybe i'm on my seventh week i launched it on easter sunday rise and shine with happy cock um
0: that's
2: right but the the patience of learning that i'm very wobbly as i'm in this new form this is new to me to speak off the cuff I'm a very, I like things crafted. The, I've written solo shows in the past, six solo shows, each one down to the syllable. And now I'm challenging myself to to really take a theme and then speak on it without writing it out beforehand. And I had like the first couple of weeks, a, a great amount of shame for not knocking it out of the park. There's the impatience again, right? I want to be great. And I'm not, it's going to take time to, and when I say great, not in an ego sense, in my, my desire so strongly to, I guess that is still ego, to inspire people, to want to you know, encourage people, and I couldn't articulate or find those words, then I would get down on myself. So my first couple sermons, aka t- cocktails, were really rough. And then I just thought, well, and just use that where you are right now, which is really you're struggling in your new form. And anytime we create something new, we're we're wobbly and we tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves or I I do like I went down after the second week of doing it and feeling I really screwed up, but you know, I, I ate a whole box of gluten-free (laughs) ding-dongs, not a good coping skill. So, uh, (laughs) that is, um,
0: gluten-free is good for you.
2: Yeah, no, these are like, (laughs) sugar, but, um, I still struggle with like wanting it to be something. And I go back to that phrase, which is your vision is ahead of your execution. And I haven't, it's still forming and I'm learning so much and I'm learning about my own creative process. And, And I just bring it to church every week and I share what I'm going through and I find these little teaching lessons with it. So it's, it's been really good for me and the feedback I've gotten from people has been really, really wonderful.
1: That's a beautiful thing to have. Execution is, you know, past your whatever you just said. Is that's a great thing to have as an artist or as, as a human being that wants to grow?
2: Yeah, I'm not there yet, and and you hear that but you're never there really as an artist. It's always like, oh, it's, it's around the corner. I think Martha Graham says it's a blessed unrest that keeps us marching towards something, and we can never really get it, but it keeps us going.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And I think also one of the things that you do so well, Anne, and from your experience is that you have the courage to keep working with another iteration of what's going on in a public performance type space, which a lot of people, it scares the bejesus out of them and it stops them from ever doing what they want to do, particularly when they want to share what they want to share with the world. But you're willing to say, okay, I'm going to keep working with this and see what evolves
2: Yeah. Well, I think any creative act, it's that courage, right? You get up and you do it and it's, and I'm scared to death and many artists are scared to put themselves up there and you do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the virus, the epidemic, people are finally, they're like, I'm going to do it now or I'm going to die. Like they're feeling that ticking clock that they've been living in a place of, you know, security of safety. And they're like, no more. I'm going to do it.
0: We're all terminal.
2: Yeah. Tick, tock, tick, tock.
0: Just a question of how you want to spend your time.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> that uplifting note. I
2: know. But it's courageous act, right? And I think a big a big part of it is, is oh, my God, of not feeling so alone in that, that it takes a lot, and I think it takes support to put yourself out there. I do. It's too lonely. So you've got to have people that are cheerleading you.
1: See, And that, that's, that's the really wild balance point that I, I find so uh, challenging, is, is I need to be at the edge. I need to take risks. I need to go outside my comfort zone. And at the same time, I have to maintain a strong balance, a foundation, something where I have that, you know, that security to take the risk. Yes. And it, you look opposite, but you know, it's also known as a well-balanced life, so.
2: Well, look at that, Joshua. He what? takes the child by and makes it up. So, yeah, the foundation.
0: Yeah. Sure. It's the yeah. title of Joshua's next self-help book. A <laughs> okay. Well-Balanced Life with Joshua Townsend. Yeah,
1: The four yeah. corners of a
0: tripod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Making
0: your square a circle with Joshua Townsend.
1: Who says they can't fit? <laughs> <laughs> it's um,
2: support, it's community, it's yes. Yeah. And we're doing it online now. We're creating space for people to feel courageous.
1: Yeah. 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 And thus, and thus, the rise of Happy Cock Church. Yes. Uh,
2: and people come to Happy Cock Church.
1: Oh. Oh.
2: Did no. you really do that, Anne? You did. Yeah.
1: Are you going to be ordaining ministers within the organization of Happy Cock Church anytime soon? Will people be able to come and study the ministry with you?
2: all ministers. Anybody can come to Happy Cock Church. Anybody can be a minister. And it's every weekend. You can come to Happy Cock Church where there'll be time to write and time to share. Mm. Small group breakouts and um, where people really deeply share. And you can write about anything and share about anything. And it's really a beautiful community of, people listening with love
0: it's wow. really the opportunity to participate with your own creativity and others and the divine
2: the divine you don't have to call it divine you could call it my own inner my own inner divine my own inner whatever or you don't even have to have anything yeah. you don't leave that
0: you my don't own have inner that. happy cock
2: my inner happy cock <laughs> it, could uh,
1: be, it could be it could be the internal marriage of
0: of myself and my artist yeah uh, wow. and Anne you guys have expanded now you have two services
2: yeah because I got a lot of Europeans that wanted in so uh, of course
1: they do
0: Yeah.
2: I do one 8am um, Kauai 11am Pacific time and then 2pm uh, East coast and then whatever 6pm or 7pm in London and 8pm Netherlands that's on Saturday and Sunday I start at 11am in Kauai and but the Happy Cock Church has all those listings and times, and
0: yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put some we'll put some links in the show notes for all the folks who wanna get a piece of this.
2: A piece uh, of it, okay?
0: Anyone, anyone can show up.
2: To, Anybody, uh,
0: anyone is welcome. Yeah. You just uh, you go and you uh, register, and there you are. You're a Happy Cocker.
2: Yeah, That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I like to say you're part of the congregation.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, oh my God. I think we need to have like a list of these jokes that yeah
2: just... exactly the top top 10. Yeah. Yeah. your feathers might be ruffled
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I love you know let love rule the roost I think that's a winner I think I that needs to be on t-shirts and
2: yeah that's my logo happy car church let love rule the roost
1: Oh it is. Oh okay. Yeah. That's
2: our logo, Joshua.
1: Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah, it's very, nice. It's very and, nice. And and then do I is there a way for me to become a member of this church? I mean, do, are there certain things I have to like, you know.
2: No. no. You don't have to become a member. You just sign up and it's free or you can give a love offering of $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. <laughs> there is there is an opportunity to support the church after services perhaps yeah and which is always good for all the gifts that miss randolph gives us um where and where can people find you at
2: happycockchurch.com
0: happycockchurch.com and you're also on facebook
2: yeah happycock church has its own facebook page wow. and you can also find me at ann randolph at ann randolph
0: this has been amazing, Anne. Our repeat it's offender, constant. second person, first person, first person to return for uh, two interviews, um, yeah. and we we're so happy. I mean, it's really the bookends. We're tracing the evolution. You are. That's right. It's so
2: cool, Adam, because you were here this summer in Kauai, and you, we were doing vision boards. At, imagine Adam doing a vision board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was scary.
2: Yeah, but I held up my little vision of happy cock church
1: yeah really? do, do, do you have a picture of it i mean do you have a do you have like a photo of the of the
0: thing
2: ali might have taken it
0: ali might have know. a photo yeah we sat down ali Stinchfield, anne and i and we did visions and anne really visioned it she really there were other things on as well so aside from of happy cock were good but she visioned it and then she kept working at it and then she was patient and um, now she's got a church all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do
1: what I can to hunt down a, a picture of that vision board because I think that's part of the inspiration from what mm-hmm. what you've done here, Anne, and how you can inspire others. You know? Mm-hmm. Because you go from a vision board, which a lot of people do, but not everyone takes it to an actuality or an experience yeah. reality. And you did it. Yeah. Or, or you're doing it.
2: Mm-hmm. Things come. I have to show you one thing. Can I show you one thing? Yeah, yeah we want to see okay, it. Hold on. I got to get this thing. Hold on.
1: Because, because, because we can expand the show notes, Adam, and we can have a, a link to these photos in our show notes. That's right. Put them, on, uh, put them on the internet. I, we can put them on the gram.
2: So this is another thing. Like, when you start, these si- it's not back to signs and synchronicities, you guys. So when I'm having this and you're focused on your idea, shit starts coming to you. And I knew I wanted to have a logo. I wanted to have a thing, like, to synthesize what it was. And I saw these socks in a store and it said rule the roost oh. and then I thought well that's it it's it's let love rule the roost so I love when this came then then right away I found the words let love rule the roost and that really to me like but it was me I remember on this day it was at Kamaya's place I focused mentally on envisioning what would the tagline be the thing and then I went to this gas station and they were hanging in the gas station and then in a gift shop gas station and then it came like that day. So you put the intention out, socks came, then let love. That made me so happy.
0: That's such a beautiful place to end for people putting out their deepest creative intentions, taking action and then waiting and looking for the world to send them the signs and to keep supporting their vision. Yeah. And it, doesn't
1: make, and it doesn't make a difference if it's like at a gas station with socks or if it's like a band <laughs> going by, or you know, it's, it could be anything, right, right, Ann
2: Yeah, this is, this, this, I got so many signs. Oh, wait, I have to hear one more story. This is amazing. Okay. Is it okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 please.
2: Okay, so in February, I finally decided I'm going to come out and start talking about Happy Cock Church to people. So before it was just Adam Alley, maybe a handful of people knew about this idea. And I led a retreat here in Kauai in February, and I had 16 people. And I said, here's my idea. And I was sharing it with my students because they were asking what next. And normally I don't talk too much about projects, but they wanted to know. So I told them. And as I was telling them, I didn't see their excitement. I didn't see them getting – and I really shut down tremendously. And I'm like, and maybe – you know," because people have been telling me for a long time – you know, when I would share with close friends, that's too triggering and it's not going to go anywhere. That's just weird. Maybe you need to think about something else. Right?
1: <laughs> that's just weird.
2: <laughs> and uh, what about women? You know, women aren't going to like.
1: Mm. You need to
2: have like happy hen. I hate the word hen. Hen peck. But anyway, so getting not nobody really like crazy wild about the name Happy Cook Church.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and so you start to get like, well, maybe I am a little off. Well, I do know I'm a little off, but more yes, often uh, normal, right? Way I'm off base. And then after I shared that with my students, right afterwards, maybe an hour, well, not right an hour after I shared it with my students, an hour later, one of my students came up to me, Noah Dyer. He said I could use his name. And he said, Ann, I want to show you on my arm these two tattoos Well, first I told him, I said, maybe my idea is horrible. It's horrible. I don't like happy cock church. Look at everybody's response. I, I said, nobody's into it. And he goes, I got these two tattoos on my arm. I hate these tattoos. I've been meaning to get them erased, you know, however you get them tattoos removed. I've been meaning to do it and I haven't done it. I'm like, why haven't I done it yet? And he goes, now I know why I didn't get these tattoos erased. And he lifts up his shirt and there is a tattoo of a rooster, a cock and the word faith. There we go. Signs.
1: Wow, wow. Who needs socks when you have tattoos on Noah? Noah Diaz tattoo.
0: tattoo.
2: Yeah. I'm realizing you could pull all these sound clips, and I sound like a crazy person.
0: <laughs> that's where we look. Socks. That's what we go for in our, all of our interviews. Yeah, socks,
2: it, tattoos.
0: Yeah, it's all about editing,
2: Anne. It's all about editing. It's all about editing. Yeah. And Clyde, the pastor of the church, when I finally came out and told the pastor of the church, I'm going to call this church Habbycock Church, he goes, oh, no, Anne, no. It needs to be something like miracles abound. Miracles
0: abound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of good, bad ideas out there.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess everyone's a writer, huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> well... Pure the del- name of the church is Miracles Abound. You can uh, attend on Saturdays and Sundays.
2: Miracles Abound.
0: <laughs> Miracles Abound. <laughs> and thank you for being on Notes on Your Notes.
2: Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. I learned so much from both of you.
0: Likewise. we learned so much. Likewise.